Hello, and welcome to another episode of CBO Speaks. I'm your new host, Donna Sheely. Today, I'm honored and elated to speak with my first guest, Dr. Janet Warmack. She is the Vice President of Administration and Finance at Salisbury University in Maryland. Dr. Warmack, welcome, and thanks for being with us today. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Some people say this is a overused term, but I do believe that we are in unprecedented times. And uh, coming out of the pandemic, what are some of the um, major changes and shifts that you've had in your role since we've been going through these new times and new normal? Well, obviously, as the chief business officer in a four-year institution, um, COVID has completely impacted how we serve and support our students. Um, Our institution is part of a large uh, system of schools. We are 14 universities inside the university system of Maryland uh, here. And our chancellor, along with our presidents uh, at each of those campuses, decided that we should be vaccinated before students could come back on campus. And that has had a major impact um, on us. It's made us change how we serve and support students. And we also have to deliver more in the campus health area than we had anticipated. Um, also, we're seeing a, a need, obviously, for student mental health services uh, more than ever before. I'm sure the K-12 through uh, is dealing with this also, but so are we. Um, and then I think um, helping our employees uh, be comfortable with um, and coming back after being away for 15 months and being face-to-face with students, with other employees. So it's a whole employee engagement world that's very different. And we have to uh, plan for that differently in terms of our employees. And so as you're making these shifts and, you know, you're talking to your people and, and being in this leadership position, what are some of the key things that you're telling them as they navigate through these changes? That, number one, you know, we care about you, right? The, the colleges and universities, as well as other organizations, uh, have to change their focus um, on ensuring the well-being of our employees, the well-being of our students, uh, and our visitors on our campuses. So it's really made us or helped us make that shift uh, to focus on their engagement, um, on supporting them in ways that we never thought we would have to support. Every, I guess everybody walked home and said, We've got to give you a desktop or laptop or something. Um, So it also launched technology, right? We have to train people for that and develop people to use all the technology tools uh, that are available to us. I know it it just has to be a a major shift and change Mm -hmm. and and can be challenging, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. as you as you navigate through all these changes. As you led up to or got into your role as the uh, VP of Administration and Finance at um, Salisbury. Can you talk a little bit about briefly your career path and leading up to where you are today? I'm not a finance person, Mm -hmm. believe it or not. I'm probably one of the few finance people um, in this role. But I came from a county uh, government um, where I was actually the procurement director um, and I you know, worked all facets from contract negotiations, pricing, all those good things. But more importantly, I learned uh, how to navigate um, the administrative processes because not only did I have to manage procurement, but obviously there are politics, there are 
executives that had to be met with and, and supported and lots of divisions um, that had to be supported. And I learned to navigate those. Um, and, uh, you know, along the way, learned a few things about administration, about budget, about financial management, uh, let, not just procurement. And I, so anyway, I came from a county government. I went into a community college, okay, which is a two-year uh, institution. Same mission of the higher education, uh, delivery of education and transforming uh, lives of students, but at a different focus, students who are more needy, um, students who cannot go away to a four-year institution uh, for financial reasons, for family reasons, for many, many reasons, uh, who, you know, many are whom many of whom are first generation students, meaning their parents do not may or may not have a, a college education. And so navigating that um, into my role and then moving into a four year institution, which I just came into recently, a little bit different, a comprehensive uh, four year uh, higher education has a different sense of being. Um, they have a different place on the continuum of higher education and the demands are very different. So I've navigated all throughout higher education, I believe, um, but starting out in a government environment. So uh, it's been a learning process, but one good thing you should know, administration is ad- administration is administration. Um, I have always managed and dealt with all the same issues, budget, finance, human resources, public safety, information technology and facilities and capital management. Those have been, those have stayed with me throughout my career. And that's why I was able to become a vice president of administration and, and finance. Such a, a great story as you went from the government and was able to, to navigate. But I want to talk about um, you being an African American woman and navigating through that as well. Sure. I'm sure. There may have been some challenges and some some things that you had to overcome as you were making those transitions. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? As a female, I think more importantly, and being in the field that I'm in of administration and finance, the the area is predominantly males. Even though there was in my career pathway, uh, African-American males, uh, Latino males in my career path. However, it was male dominated, which brought a different nuance, uh, to my career struggles. I certainly met obstacles. I was in a lot of, uh, business meetings and rooms where, um, people, a whole male look shifted down the room because there was one female in there and asked if I was going to be taking a note. Wow. Um, so wow. I have dealt with those days, mm-hmm. um, or have, you know, Little, little microaggressions, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a female perspective as well as an African American perspective, you know, that I may not understand math. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, that I may not, you know, that I may not be aggressive enough, uh, to negotiate a contract, uh, with a major, uh, supplier <laughs> or a major, uh, industry leader. Um, so there were those little, little things, um, along the way. Um, but, I was certainly motivated and I was persistent. Um, and of course I had mentors and I had other people outside of the, uh, industry who supported me, like my father, 
Um, uh, my father was a big supporter of my career pathway and also others along the way. And so without them, without the resources of folks like Nakubo and, um, you know, AACC, the American Association of Community Colleges, without those networks of other women and other uh, members of the community who are underrepresented groups, uh, without being able to go to them and say, what is this? You know, how, how does this work? And why am I being treated in this, in this way? Without those people along the pathway, I probably would have, I probably would have given up a long time ago. There were many no's. There were many doors shut on me. Um, but I personally feel like I persisted, um, because I had, people I could call and ask, what do I do? (laughs) No, that is so crucial. I think that is very, very important, especially in that role and navigating that. And that was going to lead me, I was going to talk about mentors next, and it's going to lead me to my next question on on how you're mentoring um, others. You know, I'm sure there's other women who um, perhaps are listening that may be interested in becoming, you know, a CBO and um, going into higher education. And what is your uh, take on mentoring up the next generation of people in leadership roles? Let me talk about two things. Okay. One is the 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 mentoring I received. So okay. I had three excellent mentoring opportunities. Okay. One was I was able to, through the work of uh, the folks at Morgan State University, as a matter of fact, Dr. Christine McPhail, who's now the president of St. Augustine uh, College, um, was the uh, uh, was the chair of the Department of Educational Leadership at Morgan State University. So she was the chair of that program. I'm sorry. Okay. She developed a program uh, for middle management African American administrators, and she called all of us together through her work and the work of other. African American female administrators in higher education. Uh, she had a meeting and a three day or four day uh, program, sort of like an academy for leaders, um, that folks could send people to. I was able to take advantage of that. I learned a lot from African American college presidents and deans and chairs who were dealing with the issues in higher education. So that was a great opportunity I was able to take advantage of. Um, and I let other people in, in folks that I've supervised and managed or nominated other people to be a part of that program. Um, the other was having the, a great uh, mentor um, in my senior vice president who happened to be a African-American male. He mentored me. He allowed me to be at the table with other presidents, with other senior leaders. He valued my opinion and my thoughts, even though they weren't all correct. Mm -hmm. Some of my answers were wrong and some of my focus was wrong. But he valued that and and thought it would be a great learning opportunity uh, for me. And he brought me to the table and let me learn those things. Um, Because, again, I was a procurement director coming into the larger world of administration and finance. Um, and then I also had an opportunity through the Morgan State um, uh, Community College Leadership Development Program. I was brought into a cohort of 18 and given the opportunity almost for free, <laughs> basically, to get a doctorate uh, degree. It was a grant-funded program for uh, African-American leaders to be the next generation of presidents and leaders um, in the community college. So I was afforded a lot. Mm-hmm. 
obviously, I am a big supporter of making sure that you take care of the people behind you. I have mentored three procurement directors uh, into their roles who are all now procurement directors, and I still connect with them, uh, helping them uh, to move forward in their careers. I think one became the director of procurement at the college that I worked at. The other uh, became the procurement director of the county that I left. I, I remember hiring the young lady. She was fresh out of her MBA program, and I mentored her along the way, made sure that I invested professional development opportunities uh, in her, especially as a female. And she became the procurement director for that large $565 million a year uh, contracting uh, office. Um, and then I uh, mentored two chief human resource officers um, as I came into my own and, and, you know, having responsibility and oversight for HR and realized all the nuances that happen in HR. Um, I was able to develop uh, two HR leaders, one who is uh, on the board of directors for Coupa HR um, and the other who is serving uh, a new role uh, as an HR leader um, in a, in a larger uh, community, co- a larger university environment. They went from a community college um, to a university. So I am a big supporter of mentoring. And in addition to that, um, one, a couple of things I did do in working with those CHRO folks, um, was develop mentoring. Uh, I went to the facilities chief and I asked if we could do something because we had high turnover rates, um, you know, in our facilities and our custodial area. So many of them were women. Many of them, English was not their first language. So we developed a program for them, number one, to learn English because their children were learning English and they wanted to learn English. We also wanted to promote them into the supervisor positions of housekeeping staff. So we did a night program where they could stay after work or they could come in at lunchtime at night, you know, at night is 10 o'clock at night, to teach them uh, language. And from that, we promoted two female Hispanic women into supervisory roles because we needed women in those supervisory roles. And we actually built career paths for them. I, I don't know where some of them are today, but we certainly launched that program, which was important uh, to take care of women who were mothers who were probably working two jobs, you know, and if they hadn't developed their English skills or their super, if we had not done that or helped them do that, um, they would not move up uh, to earn uh, better wages for their family. So I just thought that was an important a career pathway, something that you can do on the job today. So, but I'm very passionate about what we should be doing for women and men and others uh, in the workplace. Yes, certainly. No, that's priceless information. Thank you so much. I think that is fantastic what you're doing. And I can hear the passion in your voice (laughs) as you talk about it. So, I mean, I just think that is wonderful and definitely a great way to give back and to help those who are, you know, moving up in their careers. I think that's a wonderful thing. I want to, before we close out, I want to talk about your future and what you see, your vision for yourself um, in higher ed. 
as we move into we're 2022, here we are, and yeah. we're going into this new uh, new normal. So talk to me about your future. So my future always looks bright. All right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking There's about. There's always something new on the horizon. <laughs> That's great. Actually, I hope that my future will involve um, some public policy uh, advocacy, um, and the other road uh, I'm trying to establish, I am new in the four-year uh, continuum. I do want to um, develop more entrepreneurial activities at this university that I'm at. That's first thing first. Um, we need to engage in more public-private partnerships um, as universities. A lot of them do already because they're engaged in the research and they have all that. Um, I think that's something that we don't do enough of. Um, at the uh, four-year institution level. And I'm seeing a great need for that given the enrollment, given the environment that we're in, given the way that we are going to work in the future. But then in the end, I think there's some public policy advocacy that needs to be done. And and I've just been uh, put on the board uh, or accepted onto the board of ECUBO, the Eastern Area College and University uh, Business Officers. And so I hope with my work on that board, um, that we are going to help our eastern area colleges and universities advocate for higher education for all, right? Not just for those who can, but for all. So I, I hope that that's on my future horizon. That advocacy needs to be there. It needs to be at the legislative table, at the political table, you know, at every table that we can get to, at the community table, at the business table, we have to be educated and we have to have an educated uh, society. And we're here to provide that. Um, and so that's one of my big uh, to do's for the future. Awesome. Well, your future is bright. I love that. And, you know, thank you so much for how you give back and how you do advocate. I think that is absolutely amazing. And before we go, because I know I said that already, but I want to talk about resources because it sounds like you may have some resources that you recommend for our listeners to check out. Yes. Always on uh, Nakubo. Always, always, always. Always go to the Nakuba site. I, I, I have a funny story to tell. When I was a young girl mm-hmm. uh, and a new manager, um, my senior VP came to me and said, we're going to join Nakubo. And I ordered Nakubo's book. I called it the blue book. It actually came with a paper cover, but I took the paper cover off. And I called it the blue book. <laughs> um, that is where I learned what I needed to know about all facets of you know, higher education and all facets of administration and finance. Also, so that became like my my book. I, I held on to the blue book. And if I needed to know something, that's where I went. Uh, two other areas I would encourage uh, folks to go to, and that is um, AGB, the Association of Governing Boards. You need to know what boards are thinking, no matter what level of the organization you're at. You need to know where they're at so that you can inform the community as well as the board uh, about um, issues related to or the challenges related to higher education. Um, and then obviously being having a network, whoever your network is, um, whether that's the black administrators, whether that's your ACLIA, which is the Association for Law Enforcement Officers, you have to have a network of people uh, as a leader uh, that you engage with, that you talk about practices that you use for benchmarking and support and whatever you need. 
um, you have to have that network. And so, you know, those in the business, in the higher education business are going to rely on Nakubo and, and our regional area folks. Um, but we're also going to rely on those other networks, women's associations, chambers of commerce, whoever we need to connect with. We have to connect with those folks um, as a resource uh, to get a pulse of what's going on. Uh, or like I said, to have somebody to fall back on when you don't know what to do. Wow. Thank you so much. You have given us so much information, valuable in- information for our listeners. We so appreciate you, Dr. Warmack. Again, we are talking to Dr. Janet Warmack. She is the Vice President of Administration and Finance at Salisbury University. Thank you again for being with us today. Thank you. You can find out more about Dr. Warmack and today's episode by visiting podcast at nakubo.org under professional development, then click online education. Make sure you subscribe to CBO Speaks on Apple Podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Dr. Warmack and myself, I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of CBO Speaks. Be well. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Susan Wheeler Johnston, President and CEO of the National Association of College and University Business Officers. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of research and tools at nakubo.org. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Music.